Hello, hello, my friends. Happy Mother Moment Monday. I am excited about today. I feel alive. I feel energized. I feel like I can conquer the world. And before I get into that, I guess I should introduce myself. I am jazz, like the music, or La Mama, whichever one you prefer. And I am the host of this podcast. And I do have a, a new one coming in the fall of 2023. You can always stay updated about that on my website, which is MotherKnows.com. That's M-U-V-A-K-N-O-W-S.com. As well as you can always check out my Instagram and stay updated there as well. But you guys know my favorite thing to say is there is no such thing as a stranger. So if you ever want to reach out, have a conversation, comment, critique, anything, or even be on an episode, feel free to reach out. But I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode. I got a lot of great feedback and everything. And so I decided to give you guys a little bit of a surprise this week. Because a little birdie had told me Mer- Mercury's going to be in retrograde this week. Which I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like that's very accurate for some reason. And so I decided I need to lighten the mood this week. I need to bring some like comedic relief, some excitement, something to laugh about, something to dig into something you probably never even thought about or considered. You might be open to new things after this episode. So with that said, if you're listening to this episode, please do me a favor and screenshot this and post it on your Instagram stories and tag me. Or you can message it to me and just let me know what you took away from the show, what you liked and everything like that. As well as you can always send this episode to a friend. You never know who can need a good laugh or who can benefit from this episode. As I've been saying for the last few episodes, the premium subscription only option is gone. Now we have listener support, which is included in the show notes. So if you guys ever want to help this podcast in other ways besides like listening and downloading, you can always donate a dollar or two. It doesn't matter. Anything you do will always contribute to the future of this podcast. But I don't want to keep going on and on and on because this episode is a doozy. It's amazing. So with that being said, let us just begin. Hello, my friend. Have you ever realized how hard it is to sit down and read a book sometimes? I'm here to solve that with Audible Plus. Audible Plus takes the hassle out of all that with over 10,000 titles to choose from. And it literally grows every week. 
So you'll gain access to a selection of Audible originals, audiobooks, and podcasts, including exclusive series for only $7.95 a month. So do me a favor and use that link in my show notes and start your free trial today. Thank you, Audible Plus, for sponsoring my podcast. So you guys know I love for my guests to introduce themselves. So you have the spotlight. Ah, spotlight time. Well, my name is Charles Newby, and I do a little bit of everything. I've been doing comedy for five years. Prior to that, I was a musician for close to nine years. And prior to all of that, uh, even from childhood, I've been a visual artist. I grew up in a very artistic and creative family with a father who even, uh, well, a stepfather who uh, had a really good chance uh, to work with Marvel Comics, but decided to be a family man. And uh, he helped become, oh, sorry, he helped me become the man I am today. They both met at the newspaper in downtown Chattanooga when it was still the Chattanooga Times Free Press. Uh, Along with all of these things, I have been diagnosed ADHD since a very early age. I am a father, a video editor, and uh, all around wild man. (laughs) Sounds like a jack of all trades to me. I ain't better a jack jack of all trades than master of none. (laughs) So, since you've been doing art for the longest, I'm kind of like guessing a little bit since it's nine years, or is it music for more? It is art uh, for my whole life, Um, and it's uh, starting to show, I think it's on even a genetic level with my child, who is seven. She's already far beyond uh, where I was at her age, and maybe even now, she's... Mm -hmm quite a little artist but uh uh just being exposed to different media and watching the internet in its infancy and you know being i guess what the kids would call an elder millennial uh seen a lot of different things and uh been the one to stick my foot out there and see if the water is cold hot or moving so what's your favorite medium to work with uh Honestly, comedy is going to get you the results that you want the most because we're all looking for that awe factor, that that fun factor. Uh, but in the long run, uh, I'd say probably the art lasts the longest because the uh, I'll find pieces I haven't seen in years and forgotten about in someone's home. Like, oh, do you remember when you did that? And then it just it uh, fills that nostalgic hole uh, and that creative hole that we're all trying to fill. I got so if I can make something funny and it can live in someone's house, I feel I feel fulfilled. <laughs> I apologize for the cat in the background. He's very upset that I'm not letting him in here. Do I need to do I need to let him come in? Either one, it, it's completely fine. I can edit <laughs> it out or I can keep it in. I love a good, uh, like a little personality in the background is my favorite, to be honest. <laughs> he sounds so pitiful, even though he's just been fed. He's just, he's like, I, why, why can't I be in there with you? And it's like, all right, buddy. let me see if I can get my big stuff out. Wow, him. <laughs> you have one of the rare cats who actually seek your attention. Oh, he, 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 uh, he he's very much a, a, a ladies' man. <laughs> and uh, if it's just me and the boys hanging out, oh, uh, he has no interest. But as soon as he hears a, a young lady, he's like, oh, well, I know where I'm needed. 
<laughs> I'm like, because I swear, anytime I'm around a cat, I'm like, am I the chosen one who's able to like catch you or what? Let me know what I can do for you. <laughs> you may have a gift. That'd be a, I, I, some of those shows on Animal Planet just uh, really, really get me. Like the animal mediums. Like mm-hmm. he's saying he's very unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it's like okay, cat whisper. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um. So, like, your inspiration for art is comedy, or do you have, like, other inspirations for it? Uh, the biggest inspiration is to make people smile. Uh, that's something I've had since I was a young man, and I think it's uh, – I, I deal with a lot of anxiety, uh, both uh, self-diagnosed and on-paper diagnosed. Uh, and it's just, I guess it's just, like, a, not really a coping mechanism. It's just an operating feature, I guess, if I had to be a human computer – so is it like almost like you know how people do a nervous laugh is it almost equivalent to a nervous laugh it's like okay let me just go ahead and make a, a joke out of it is it like oh, abso- like oh absolutely oh absolutely uh dead dead silence man uh is one of those things i just <laughs> I, I i do the best that i can i will drive in my car uh w- without the radio on and just silence and be fine but as soon as you bring me around another person i have to engage and sometimes you know it'll be real chill and then sometimes i'll ask the strangest questions to the lady at the food line and then it doesn't really register until i've already said it i'm like oh okay and sadly i believe it's a hereditary because my daughter uh likes to ask people when they're using the bathroom uh hey can i see your poop and it's it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's complicated most of her mother and mine chagrin <laughs> That's almost so precious. Just literally so precious. <laughs> <laughs> she means nothing. She's just curious, but also she doesn't really quite. Well, she hasn't done that in about a year, thankfully. But <laughs> I think she, I think she knew it'd get a little kick out of somebody. But uh, we can't ask people that at Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's a little strange. <laughs> I re- I seen this meme the other day that I had to be laughing, and it, it said, this is my first time being human. How am I supposed to know what to do? And that made me think of that right now. It's like, hey, I'm just curious, because this is my first time being human. <laughs> oh, it's 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 the truth. I mean, I, from, be, being a dad really puts it into perspective, because you feel like you're trying to make this little caveman in, uh, dress itself up, at, <laughs> all while realizing as you're getting older, you're looking more and more like a caveman, so it's this big juggling act. <laughs> so, like, um, hey, girlfriend. I just want to tell you a quick little beauty hack before we get into the episode, so don't press skip. I want to tell you about a little, little hack that has changed my life and is super cute, super affordable. You can find this in the show notes, and I am talking about my press-on nails. They are a staple to my style. I love the fact that I was able to order them online and when you click the link you'll be able to see the exact ones that I wear. I get to put different stickers on. I can cut them short, long. I can have coffin, stiletto, whatever I want. And I love being able to express myself. And they're super affordable. So why don't you just take a gander at it and hey, you never know. It might change your life, girlfriend. So, um, where does your like inspirations for like your comedy come from? 
Uh, everything from the cowboy persona uh, to, you know, just the basic telling of jokes. I, I've, I've grew up with comedy uh, from the late 80s through the 90s, 2000s, and uh, everything from Comedy Central just kind of just being something people didn't talk about uh, due to judgment to it just being a major facet in everyone's life. Uh, everything from Zach Galifianakis to Emo Phillips. Norm Macdonald, all of those guys. I've just adored these people for years. And just the act of getting on stage and getting laughs is one of the most fulfilling things in the world. It's it's hard to beat. So, like, um, how did the cowboy persona come about? Uh, being stuck at home during COVID, uh, doing an episode for a cooking show about Chili Mac and watching way too many uh, cowboy movies and uh, getting lost in my own head. <laughs> I love everything that's in this crock pot right now, cooking up. In this- <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like, what's the most challenging thing about, like, performing comedy sets? Uh, getting rid of your preconceived notions in the first year, uh, thinking you're going to go in there and be edgy and not really learning what it is to read the room. Uh, I usually recommend if people are going to, you know, try it out and see if it's for them or just, you know, get a little something out of it, go to at least three shows with different people and just kind of feel it out. Uh, mostly open mics and you kind of get an idea of what works, what doesn't work. And then eventually someone said, Hey, we've seen you at these shows a few times. You want to try it out? Oh no, I couldn't, but you've already been working on your material. And, uh, it's, that's a great way to get into it. Uh, if anyone wants to know what not to do, they can look at the things that I've done for the past five years. (laughs) (laughs) So like, um, do you remember your first time ever doing a comedy set? Uh, yeah, uh, I think it was a Sunday or a Monday. I think it was around 2016, 2017. I had just gotten fired uh, from a, a terrible $11 an hour job after just every every big boy job, just not working out, just trying to make the bills, just feeling defeated. And I had a buddy come out. I was like, hey, why don't we just go yell dick jokes at people? And I was like, that sounds like a great idea. Uh, we go down, uh, my buddy goes on before I do eat shit. And I'm like, Oh God, I'm going to go up here and do this. And like, I got a laugh, but I made sure to do as close to three minutes as possible. And it was just mortifying. And I got mad at myself. Cause I was like, I can do better than this trying to be edgy. And then over time, you know, got better at writing. And then one day it finally clicked and, uh, You'll do great for a minute and suck for four, then two minutes, and then three, and then so on and so forth until you got your opener and you got your closer. And then years later, you're just thinking, you know, I should do this while you're in traffic. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it, it gets so out of hand, but it's, it, once, once it gets in you, you can't turn it off. It is, it is then a part of you and you'll find yourself at the most inappropriate times thinking about the worst possible outcomes. <laughs> <laughs> and just uh it's i wouldn't have it any other way are there like rules to being like a comedian there are there are rules obviously uh when, when we do the dark humor get togethers where anything goes i still i tell people uh anything goes no don't be racist don't be homophobic we don't have time for that energy 
uh, unless it's, you know, unless if you can sell me on it after all these years, then, you know, that, that, there's usually, I've had to say no to a lot of things from a lot of very talented comedians. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've also said, you know, let's push the boundary. I'll, I'll be the bad guy and I can go out and apologize. You know, it's, it's how my grandparents used to say, learning how to eat crow. Uh, and I'm sure 10 years from now, I'm going to find out that's probably very offensive to some <laughs> group of people, but <laughs> to me, I, I find it just, uh, learn, learning to say you're sorry because you didn't know any better. And, uh, uh, I, that, it depends, it depends because the, the, as far as like the rules of what not to do, um, you, you're going to find that out and that you're even great comedians have bad days. But mm-hmm. as far as joke structure, there it's a whole different realm. I come from the idea. I love one-liners. I love stories. But I love when I use the cowboy persona and I'm doing uh, the songs or filling and stuff. It's all rule of three. You've got three lines. It's almost its own haiku. You have three lines. Any way you want to make it work. Uh, and that's that's how you do it. And it that, I've noticed the longer I've done it, uh, comedy comes in threes, uh, and it just it, it's all about subverting expectations or the element of surprise. And that can that can be anything. And uh, it's it's not until you find your voice or how far you want to go with it uh, that really defines what the joke will be. Some jokes don't just happen. And then sometimes they do. It is it is the most chaotic, free expressionist art that you can do. It's more terrifying than showing your paintings or working on songs. Uh, you're out there with strangers. And uh, as me and another comedian found out in the middle of nowhere, Paducah, Kentucky, uh, sometimes they got a gun and you're at a bar. <laughs> they don't like you. <laughs> so <laughs> it's 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 uh, it's challenging. It's not. It's not just being booed off stage or not. I, I would rather have someone threaten me with a gun than n- not acknowledge my existence after the fact. <laughs> and that's probably very telling about my personality. But no, I get. I get what you mean because realistically, if you do put an art piece up there, people can interpret it however they want to, and it's oh, yeah. with a joke. But at the same time, a joke could be taken like literal instead of figuratively kind of thing. So it is putting yourself up there. This is a whole different experience kind of thing. But that's what makes that art beautiful because it's so risky. Exactly. And if you're not taking risks, sorry, if you're not taking risks, you're not growing. And that's the most, that's the hardest part. I think. Are you your own critique or do you let other people critique you when it comes to like your um, performances? Uh, well, the fun thing about comedians is you're going to get critiqued whether you like it or not. So uh, you have to have a thick skin. I do not because <laughs> I'm, I'm a very sweet boy and I, I can I can build uh, audio for comics. I've done video. I've got a lot of little hands in different places. And the one thing that is so hard for me to do because uh, I don't like my voice and it's just the one I'm stuck with. And I think that's where a lot of the impressionist stuff comes from. But when it comes to reviewing my own comedy, uh, when I record myself, it is it, it I have to be in a darkened room. I have to have some kind of like tea, some kind of inebriant. And I, I'm just I'm just like 
I look like a druid in the dark. I don't want to see my face or my hands. I just have to hear it because if I see a mirror, I'm just going to go into that depressive state where it's like, here you go again. It's imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's 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 very difficult. But then when you when you feel that energy and you know it's been a good night, it's a lot easier to come back. I mean, there's a little bit of narcissism that comes with it to do it in the just in general, uh, but part of getting better is seeing where you've made your mistakes and how to tighten up and listening to those audio recordings and hearing people you care deeply about and their craft uh, saying, Hey, you can do this or this thing that you fell in love with. Nobody likes, or this thing you're like, Oh, this is dumb. It's a throwaway. I did it in the moment. And they're like, no, this is the, you need to pursue that. And then it's, uh, it's, it's basically taking a gun, firing it in the air and screaming at God. That's as <laughs> that's, that's close as I can get to it, but it's, it is what it is. And it's, it's when it's rewarding, it's the most rewarding thing in the world. And when it is not, it is, it, it, it will humble you to your core. Yeah. You, the main three outlets you have are very like vulnerable, Com- like comedians, musicians, art. They're all like, judgy type of things and it's like stuff that you do so i can get the like oh how do you feel what's going on okay well i'm gonna get this either way kind of thing oh yeah and it's i i i'm not quite a guarded person because i don't i'm not really a person that's got secrets because i can't keep my mouth shut to save my life uh, (laughs) on a lot of things but it's I I, I feel it, I get in those I get in this position and I always have since childhood where if I'm sitting still and I find myself enjoying something I'm I don't feel like I'm growing like if I'm sitting down I feel bad I feel like I'm not achieving what I I should but also it's it's hard for me to realize that it is okay to be tired and if you don't relax and rest your body will choose a time for it to do so whether you're ready or not. Mm-hmm. So. This is concerning everything that you do, but yeah. do you um, do you plan your sets or do you improv everything? I plan as much as I can, and uh, it 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 gets to the point that it's it's, it's concerned family and friends, <laughs> where it's just like <laughs> I I am doing nothing but running bits, and they're like, "Can we please talk about like something else?" And it's just like, "Wait, well, I need to tell you about this Loch Ness monster bit I've got," and they're just like, "I I don't want a bit right now." But then there's uh, there there's points where I'll have I'll have the the entire living room floor is covered in note jokes and I'm trying to figure out the puzzle puzzle pieces. And when you've got a terrible memory and hearing like me, it's even more challenging. Uh, then I, I, I've been to the point the most, most recently, uh, cause I hadn't performed in, in a minute dealing with, uh, some personal things with my family. Uh, I, I, it's me and the guitar in a, in my vehicle in my front yard. So I don't wake up my wife and daughter, uh, with my silly, silly songs, but I'm like, this is the only time I have. And, uh, you sit out there and you think I'm not going to make much money from this, but there will be people there. There's a microphone. And if I can get them to laugh, I'm going to fulfill something deep inside of me. And then you don't have to write it down anymore, but sometimes you do. And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a set list written down, but what you see on TV and what you see in real life, I I've never had a problem with a comedian with, a notepad because I get it. Uh, a lot of the older heads in the industry are like, no, you got to memorize it. And kudos to those who can. But for those of us who are unmedicated with 
ADHD. Uh, you need a little something. That's thank God you can hide a little note card on guitar. <laughs> that way, when you're up there freaking out and holding it together, you're like, "Oh God!" Which, oh, thank God, we're doing this next. And then I, I'm always worried about coming in short on time. Like, I'll, I'll do ones where it's like, "All right, I've got to do five minutes. All right, I got to do ten. I got to do 15 Or you'll be on stage, and it's it's like, "Hey, uh, you've been going for seventeen. Uh, keep going." And you're like, "Oh shit!" And then you just it, you you go like, "What? What? You got to go into reading the room, and then that's." Oh my God, that you could write books on reading the room. It's 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 insane. I would always say be prepared, have have an arsenal, but don't just stick to that arsenal all the time. Be in the moment. See see what other people are doing. Because you're there for other people. If you think about what other comics are gonna think, you're gonna hate yourself, you're gonna hate your life. But if you get there for the people, that's what that's one of the most beautiful things you can see having friends in comedy is seeing them do the same joke you know the structure you know why the story behind it you've heard them do this 16 17 times but when it's a new crowd you're just over there clenching your cheeks in your seat like oh here it comes <laughs> and then you see it hit and it's it's beautiful and you see them be happy and it's just like hey this is this is why you do it and then there's the points where you've heard that joke 30 or 40 times and there's four people at the open mic and people get it. They just don't, they're not feel like laughing and Oh, Oh, the, that energy. There's, there is nothing like that <laughs> in the world. So like, um, do you feel like your ADHD like plays into like the different things you dip your feet into? Oh, absolutely. I, I am a person who gets bored very easily, and I'm also someone who uh, struggles to do the most basic of tasks like, you know, laundry and dishes and things like that. And uh, having, you know, and when it comes to something I really want to do, like comedy, I even procrastinate, but then I'll, I'll procrastinate uh, on, off the sidelines or adjacent to what I need to be doing. I'll get, I'll get sidetracked thinking, okay, maybe we can make some David Attenborough jokes. And then three hours later, you're like, holy shit, this is a great documentary. What the fuck was I doing? <laughs> oh, crap. It's, it's, it's a journey. That's, that is for sure. So, um, how did you get into like video editing? Uh, well, I, it, I, I'm not proud to admit this, but we, there was a, when I was a long time ago, uh, 2012, 2013, uh, I'm just paying bills by working for a pipe fabrication company. And I've got the most boring job in the world where I take the pipe they've made, fill it full of water, make sure it doesn't leak. And then we send it off. But it's it just the most mundane, boring, hot, nasty thing. And they, they of course, they send you some of the most interesting people, <laughs> especially in construction. Uh, some words got said, and then someone said, uh, the, the original concept was, wouldn't it be funny if someone took video of a dog relieving itself and played it backwards? So they just <laughs> walk, they walk up to it, like they walk up backwards, and then they, they're pulling their leavings back, but then you put a vacuum sound over it. And they said, nobody's done that, and they can't. And I said, I think we can. And then I did. 
and it is it, it, it now now it's, it's stupid it's like why 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 I sp- my wife walked in on me while i've got i'm recording the vacuum at 2 a.m she sees this on the screen and she's like what in god's name are you doing and it's just like oh this is funny and then they just shake their head and walk off and you're like i it's hard to believe in yourself at 2 a.m when your spouse is a little tired of what what's happening <laughs> But that is a real video. Uh, it is called Dog Vacuum. And it's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> very unique name. <laughs> it's very, very unique. And then it uh, shortly after that video, not even a month later, uh, uh, I'm not sure, I, a, a lot of people from the 90s are familiar with Mystery Science Theater 3000. And then there was a local version of that happened with a, a gentleman named Ricky Blevins at Honest Pint. Uh, and I was drinking very heavily at this time. And I said, hey, I'll buy you beers. And uh, if you go up on stage, this is pre-comedy. This is before it's like, hey, we need to do this. So I'm, I'm in a drunken stupor and we are doing voiceovers. Uh, for public domain horror movies and thrillers from the 30s and 40s. And uh, I don't remember doing this, but I have friends that said, no, you were you were a golden, shiny God. And other people that's like, hey, uh, if you need help, I'm a great therapist. (laughs) I think this is the best story I've ever heard. (laughs) How somebody started a project. (laughs) <laughs> oh it's 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 non-stop and then when, when you meet comedians and that you hear their wild ideas it's uh th- you have to say no a lot but while you're saying no you're you're gasping for air laughing because you're like that we can't do that your family will never forgive you <laughs> i should know <laughs> so like um since you have like comedian friends how are the other like relationships like, do y'all always like bounce ideas off of each other? Like, oh, well, it, it, it it's it's awful. It is awful <laughs> having comedians for friends because it you can have the best joke you've ever written and you will run it by them and then they'll find a way to improve it and then you'll <laughs> say, "Damn it, why didn't I think about that?" But then that's fun. You guys will shoot ideas back and forth on one another. Uh, I've noticed, at least locally, I can't say this for everywhere, but in the Chattanooga scene, there's uh, it, typically your bar comedians are, you know, pretty hefty drinkers. And I've seen some people, you know, including myself, uh, who were notorious for, you know, getting pretty inebriated, uh, straighten out and they're still doing comedy sober. And I can't be more proud of them. Um, <laughs> It's it's yeah. it's wild. It's it's one thing to go up there after a couple of beers and a few hits, and you're just like, okay, I got this. But to leave your job, dress nice, go and say, let me get a diet coke. I'm gonna show these. I'm gonna show this crowd what for. Uh, that is the kind of fortitude that can run this country. I tell you what. <laughs> It is, it is it is fun having comedians for friends, but uh, as some of the deepest relationships you'll you'll make, uh, but they'll also be the ones you'd be like, of, of course you would do this, you would make this this mistake. I've I, I've I've seen a lot a lot of I've had comedians say, hey, uh, can you come pick me up? Uh, I've had a little too much and I've run myself off in a ditch. <laughs> And I, I've had some uh, that is like, uh, what if I'm going to simmer a dish? Uh, is that number two or number three? 
Uh, it's it's it, it, I, I've seen jocks, I've seen theater kids, I've seen nerds. Uh, it, it, all your favorite uh, classic people you would expect to see in like a high school on TV. They're real. They're in life, and boy, God help them. <laughs> and this is so hilarious to me. Um, I'll say because of, um, the comedy show I've been going to has been like once a month. I've been going uh-huh. to. You might know it because it's local. It's Hutton and Smith. Ah yes. Yes. So I've been to maybe three shows so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like. I will say one thing, like, seeing comedy in person is a whole different experience. It's almost, because I have a very, like, loud, obnoxious laugh. So even before, if I have a drink or anything, I'm like, oh, my God, I sound like a drunk girl at the bar because I've just laughed so loud kind of thing. And, like, the way comedians, like, pull at me, and I'm just like, oh, my God, this is too funny. I got to, like, stop laughing so loud. Oh, we love that. We want I to put you it. up front. <laughs> I love it. so, And that's where I always sit. Because, like, for some reason, and I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but people don't like to sit up front. Because every time I come, every time I come to this comedy show, there's, there's seats up front. Never anywhere else. Oh, it's, it's even for, if you're another comedian saying another comedian, it's hard to sit up front. Because you... I, I'll say this about local comedy around here. Every, you know, there unless it's an actual scheduled roast show, um, everyone's usually pretty nice around here. But people are are so ingrained in old video, old digital, and especially uh, roast comics on reels. Uh, they're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to be poked fun at, but. Uh, Nashville's a whole different story because they, they don't, they don't drink for fun. They drink because they have business to do. (laughs) (laughs) You better hold on and be ready because they will, they, they don't care who you are. Oh my God. They, they will, they will eviscerate you, but they are, they're, they're so fun to watch. But you know, uh, comedians never really come from a place of anger. At least I haven't seen, uh, I'm sure some do. Uh, but at the same time, that person is usually going home alone. So if you're ever at a comedy show and you get picked on, don't take it personal because that person's just that they, they they need that more than you do. And usually that person will buy you a drink and become your best friend before you know it. <laughs> yeah, I always like I was like, is this the hot seat? I'm trying to figure out if this is like right here because it's always un- it's like avoided every time. And I'm like, do y'all know something I don't know? <laughs> you never know. You never know with certain shows. Sometimes they'll, you know, everyone might think it might be a Gallagher bit, and then all of a sudden there's a watermelon and a hammer, and you're like, oh, <laughs> why did I wear white? So, do you like to, um, like, target the crowd, or? I I try to as much as possible. Uh, I've always had a little bit of hearing problems, but then after playing loud music and then doing construction and just being around loud things for so long, my hearing is pretty well shot. And when you've got lights on you, you can only usually see in front of the front row. I, it, and it depends on the night. If the, if the crowd's acting like that, this is part of reading the room. Uh, if you can see everyone and you can see someone that's not having a good time that you're up there, don't pay attention to them unless other people are paying attention to them. Then you go for the throat. Do not pull any punches. I mean, obviously, don't be sexist, racist, homophobic, anything like that. But uh, what they're wearing, that can go. Haircuts, hair color, 
Uh, now, if someone's having a real, my favorite is the drunk people. If they are visibly drunk and they're having a great time, you got to just kind of a little, even a little pause. Like, yeah, right there. You going on there, sport? And then that'll get the, if you can get them to giggle, it'll ripple through the crowd. But uh, you can always riff off other comedians that you, you, I would say always ask. I, I always told other comedians, like, please riff on me. If you're up there dying, I'm up here in a cowboy hat. Just shit all over me if you need to. You know, and most of the time they don't, but then sometimes they'll just, they'll give you the business and you're like, I did not know that about myself. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's that chaos theory. It's that rule of three. It's, you know, it, and I'm not really a crowd work person. I like to have uh preconceived, but you know, I'll, I'll try something. If it doesn't work, I'll take my notes and I'll shoot it again, you know, in a week, sometimes a month later. Um, and uh and sometimes you just kind of feel uh, one of my favorites uh, at jj's uh everyone was really into what i was doing about two three years into it uh i'm inebriated and there's one girl at the open mic who's just not into the idea of somebody having a guitar and telling jokes so in between in, in between verses and strumming i i somehow hear and see her go just tell jokes and immediately i just yell over the song here's your fucking joke <laughs> and everybody got it and then even and i brought it back and it's it's a hell of a feeling but then later on driving home i'm like oh god how did i pull myself it's like it's like it's almost slipping off a rock and going down a, a social embankment <laughs> to your doom <laughs> I will say one of my favorite things is like the kind of like crowd engagements kind of thing because I don't know because like I told you I'm still new to like going to comedy shows and stuff mm-hmm. but for me I feel like um, which it could be pre-planned and it's like oh this is the perfect moment to do this but to me I'm like oh they just thought of this oh my god and like it makes me pay more attention and I feel like more people are paying attention and like a domino effect kind of thing. And it's very, yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite things too is like with the open mic comedy is like when a comedian come up there and they end up making a joke about the previous uh, comedian. And I'm like, oh my God, they just made that on the spot. Like, and I start laughing about that. It's like a whole thing. But I found like that little moment, which probably is pre-planned, but to me it's like improv really freaking cool kind of thing we're we're in i mean i'm for other people it may be pre-planned but in a lot of our experiences uh a lot of that's not pre-planned and usually uh if you can get the host to roast you a little bit on the way out that's their polite way of like hey good job it's uh it's it's a cool thing especially if it's uh if the host has had more or less to drink than you have (laughs) so it's it's a it's a mixed bag (laughs) <laughs> so like what's one of your favorite uh projects or collaborations you've done uh my my personal favorite is uh doing gravy boys tv with bryant smith uh before the pandemic uh we have some friends in knoxville in the knox by night band uh fan, they, they are hilarious guys fantastic musicians as well or along along the same lines they do a uh comedy film festival and we came in second uh, after over a video of uh, called the voiceover and uh, went on to have like 6,000 different views. Uh, we came in second 
and and then the pandemic happened and then there's no there, there's no comedy during the pandemic but you can still go over to your friend's house and drink about it and be sad and we finally say you know what we want a, a comedy film festival let's try a cooking show and then for the next year uh every sunday or every other sunday uh we would uh make the biggest messes in my own home and i'd get recognized at the grocery store more than i would you know being downtown and uh that uh producing shows like dark humor events or being a part of things like carpetbaggers or improv versus stand-up i think the night that my favorite favorite uh, we had a we had a fellow comedian. It was Chattanooga's comedy mom, Bridget Martin. Uh, we going through a pretty bad uh, health scare, and uh, I I, I kind of took some initiative because she gave me a lot of good advice, and everyone else was busy. So we came up with a uh, a, a little uh, fundraiser for Bridget, and it's a shame she didn't get to go. Uh, but we we raised a pretty good amount of money to help her out. And uh, the energy in the room was electric. We had people come from almost 500 miles away because bridges touched so many people. And I didn't even get, I didn't have to tell jokes that night. I just had to make sure that the money got to her. And as soon as it was over, I took it right to her. And uh, it was one of the best hugs I've had. Uh, Knowing that you've helped a friend doing something creative. And uh, the ambiance that night was just—it's mm, wonderful. It, there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing better than coming together for a good cause, especially when you get to tell nasty, nasty jokes while you do it. Mm, that's a, that's amazing. It's almost like you're so passionate about everything you do. I love the fact that you could even hear you talk about it. You can feel the passion and like your different like things you do. <laughs> well, thank you. Do you um so I'm a I'm very, very old school when it comes to social media, even though I know it is like up and rising and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like social media has helped you with your goals? Uh it's gone above and beyond for my goals, and I feel like if I had more time to understand it, uh I could go even further. But um most importantly, and this goes with not only just comedy, but art and music and, you know, even for writers, uh, you're not, do- if you've got something you've made and you put your heart into, you're not doing yourself or anyone else a service by just being afraid. Uh, and this is coming from one of the most, I'm, I, I am afraid of things for good reason. And then when people tell me not to be afraid of something, that awful thing happens. Uh, and then I still have to find the strength to do it. Uh, for, for example, uh, I was afraid of going to college and, uh, my parents and friends and everybody said, no, man, you got to do this. You've got the grades. You can do this. And I went and I dropped out a month later and then I tried again the next year, dropped out again. Uh, mm-hmm. then, but even before, even before that, even as a small boy, I was, I was deathly afraid of, uh, dogs. Uh, all different sizes just i had a phobia about it and i was always scared to death that i was going to be bit uh and you know finally and i got bigger i got taller and i got stronger and you know everything was you know like okay i can handle petting dogs and didn't think about it again and then i got attacked by a dog in my own garage uh and i still got the scar on my leg where he was going for a sensitive part of the body uh so (laughs) 
I've got a colonoscopy coming up. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, but you know, it there and there's always going to be people who are going to naysay ideas because they're just there. If someone's not giving you constructive criticism and they're just giving you criticism, take it with a grain of salt because there's always woulda, shoulda, coulda. Oh, I could do it better, but they're not, and you're not going to have your voice heard to the world if you don't speak. You know. You if you don't let it's all five senses. If they can't hear you, if they can't see you, you know, as far as smelling and tasting you, that's a personal preference. But you know, <laughs> you got to let the world know you live and what you do. Because I feel like a lot of the digital artifact and everything that people do, social media wise, is going to be there uh, for probably longer than the flesh will. And you never know because, you know, you may not make it in your lifetime, but a hundred, uh, you know, 20, 30, maybe a hundred years, uh, they'll find it and they'll see that it was ahead of its time or it was a piece of its time and it might speak to someone, you know, and that goes back to some of the Renaissance era paintings that goes back to, you know, man, Beethoven really dropped a banger and he's still rocking it today. I mean, it, you never oh, know because if they couldn't imagine the kind of life we have now. And then just and then some of people's favorite viral videos are people not doing well and failing and then uh, going through that embarrassment, but th- it, there's nothing you can do to stop it. So why if you can't it, you can't be told no if you don't ask and you can't fail if you don't try. But you won't learn anything if you don't, and you'll be wondering, driving in the car quietly, laying there at night, or staring at a sunrise or a sunset, what could be? And that is one of my biggest fears. And I just, I, I am compelled, kicking and screaming by my own du- duality with fear. Like, what if they don't like me? What if they love me? What if they hate it? Why do I hate myself? All these different things will swirl together. And then at the end of the day, when you share that on social media, visually, auditorily, you know, it 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 doesn't matter if it's two people. It doesn't matter if it's 200 million people. Uh, it's there and it's, it's important. It's part of the human experience. And you got to set your expectations high. Like, for, for instance, when I write, I write for arenas. I'll never perform in an arena. But I would love to be in an arena one day, and um, it shows. So you know, what what the the worst that could happen is you die with regret. It's it's so crazy because like I literally see it with what you do. Being an artist, I could just show you a musician. I can like play it, a comedian. I can say it. It's it's. It's very admirable. You can like see exactly what you're talking about through your actions. Well, I'm gonna give you my mom and dad's phone number when we get <laughs> off here, and I want you to tell them. That. You know what? I'm gonna write a note so they can put it on their fridge. Oh, the yeah. old school. <laughs> uh, they're they're very supportive. They may not understand everything I do, but they they're a big fan of the Gravy Boys show, and um, I, I miss being able to do it. Um, the computer I'd had for years finally crashed. And then of course, getting back into work and things like that, you just, it gets harder Like for a five minute video. It would take sometimes six to eight hours to edit it down. And that didn't include shooting, get everything together. And I, I see why people do the reaction videos. Uh, Cause it's, it's way easier. You can do it quickly. And uh, 
oh, you don't have to go to the grocery store and worry about breaking. Like we we I paid thirteen dollars for black garlic and we busted it and had to go. To, I I got half the expensive garlic I needed, and it's just those little things that you say to yourself. <laughs> So, so like out of everything you do what's your most favorite thing oh god this question um it always gotta come you know <laughs> oh you're not kidding uh so out of art comedy and music um I have a lot of different moments from each uh cause I've pursued so many so heavily Talk um like let if you talk it out, you might can be able to come up with something. Well, as far as music goes, playing Riverbend with a hard rock band uh, that that started in, after high school and went real hard in the paint for about four years and just uh, having to have the show canceled because the very first sound check in front of everyone, lightning struck the water behind us at the same time when we uh, went on a downbeat. Uh <laughs> I was that was a that was a pretty rad feeling. Um, uh, being able to go go uh, uh, another humbling but beautiful feeling is uh, not having a job, wondering how you're going to pay the mortgage, and having your first art gallery with all of your friends and family being there to support you and refill that energy. Uh, comedy, just seeing everyone come together. Uh, to yell and berate somebody who was a drunk asshole into leaving while crying. Uh, <laughs> the social justice on that is just, uh makes you go a big rubbery one. Um, I think overall, uh, and this is, this is going to say, well, this is going to be the biggest cop out, but I, I, I mean it wholeheartedly. I see a lot of that push uh, to go as hard as you can and not stop and you know being a dad uh she's the funniest little person you'll ever meet she's a talented little artist she's as sweet as you could you wouldn't believe and she will let out an ear piercing shriek if she sees a wasp and uh i do as well uh as a matter of fact i got trapped in a bathroom by one this past week at work <laughs> One thing I was saying, and this is like anybody who knows me personally, my dad is my best friend in the entire world. Yeah. So when I tell you, like, I'm the spitting image of him. Oh. But when it comes to spiders, bugs, or anything like that, oh, I, will God. Scream. I will scream. But when it comes to uh, heavy duty, oh, you need to lift it. Okay, I, I got it. No worries. Oh, change my tire. He taught me. It's good. Yeah. Oh, a, a, a spider <laughs> that's literally like you need a microscope to look at it. I'm screaming. I need my. Dad. Oh God! It just and they, they, you know they can't really hurt us, but at the same time, what if they touch you and it's, they give you they give you COVID too? You and never know what they've got. It's terrible. Like, it's terrifying. I'm like now I got to wear a whole biohazard suit. Like I can't no. <laughs> it's it's just it's why and it's and then I guess that's the duality of humanity because my wife is incredibly brave. She will pick up mice, scorpions. Uh, she I've I've she I've heard and seen her pick up a tarantula. You know the random pets, and she's just like, oh, how cool! Things I would never do for a million dollars. Oh my god! But if a cricket is nearby, <laughs> that, my god. 
But I mean, the, and, and then the same duality, you know, her father is a very strong, very tough man. Uh, re, it just uh, all around, I can't say enough good about my father-in-law. The man can put down uh, the biggest Sam Adams at a Logan's Roadhouse you've ever seen. He will eat scorpion peppers. He will eat reaper peppers. But if you let him, if if one cucumber barely touches his lettuce on his salad, <laughs> that man is in the floor. He just indigestion. It is. It's. It's. It, it, it's almost like with great power comes great responsibility. What I love that so much. Oh my god. <laughs> That's just like my dad. Like he, literally, the strongest man in the world. Like he does everything. Jack of all trades and everything. And we got to go to a wedding in a couple months. He go a dress code what and he literally he's like his entire life is just ruined because of this dress code he's like never in my days and it's like the end of the world i'm like dad <laughs> it is okay we could just throw something on you're fine I the love like, they, they do that it's, it's, it's so precious <laughs> it's it I, I i feel you it's the hill these dads will die on <laughs> <laughs> Dad, I can see I can see where I can see you in a biblical way in those underwear. You want to throw it away? No, nah, they're still good. Literally. Still good. <laughs> Once you get the cotton more in, it's hard. You can't buy that kind of. You have to earn that's, them holes. I promise you, that's what he says. He's jazz. All you need to know is five good pair of jeans, and you're good. They will never know. You could just switch your, your shirt out, and I'm like, okay, Dad. All right. <laughs> He's like one of those. <laughs> But, um, so do you have any upcoming goals for next year? I, uh, have been working on, I, I've, uh, fell into a love, uh, I've had since childhood with my current job. I am, uh, working with A&G Diesel and we're doing quite a few different, uh, oh, there's the family. Let me close the door. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> it might get loud. You may, you may hear the princess herself. Um, uh, we're going to be doing a lot of different work with different vehicles. Uh, it's almost a perfect blend of the art and form and mechanism uh, working in autom automotive. Uh, and I plan on getting back into video uh, uh, very soon. I have many taking some time off to really, you know, work, do as the doctor said and work on the diet, you know, take the pills you're supposed to take, not the fun ones. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, take in more salad, less fried food, less drinking, you know, actually walking, you know, I, while I'm working on myself. I'm also thinking what the next goal is because I've kind of done everything. So I guess the next form after, you know, having a year to really explore video editing is to do more video editing. Uh, but uh, not to be not to be afraid to try new things. So even after twenty episode twenty something episodes of uh, a cooking show, that uh, doesn't mean I have to stick with cooking shows. Uh, I, I I'm a man of many pushes, and uh, the more I push myself for video, eventually I might find something that you know is satisfying. And hello, my friend. Have you ever realized how hard it is to sit down and read a book sometimes? I'm here to solve that with Audible Plus. Audible Plus takes the hassle out of all that with over 10,000 titles to choose from, and it literally grows every week. 
So you'll gain access to a selection of Audible originals, audiobooks, and podcasts, including exclusive series for only $7.95 a month. So do me a favor and use that link in my show notes and start your free trial today. Thank you, Audible Plus, for sponsoring my podcast. Would you ever, <laughs> would you ever, for comedic reasons, revisit your first video editing the vacuum doll? <laughs> uh, reluctantly, but yes. <laughs> That's always got to be a question because you know how you want to revisit your first a project, even though it makes you cringe. Just like ah, that was where I came from. Oh, I'll look back. I'll look back at old jokes, and I'll just think, "Who who gave you the right?" And I'm just pointing at the mirror, like, "Who gave you the right to suck this hard, this bad?" <laughs> so, um, do you have anybody you want to shout out? I do have your Instagram yeah. in the show notes. So, anybody else you can yeah. think of off the top of your head? Uh, I have a super duper long list. Uh, but and it's everybody in comedy, music, and anybody who knows my name probably has a story. So if you remember me, uh, and and uh, I want to shout you out and thanks for remembering me. But uh, basically, everyone who's worked with me that still likes me, hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's honestly the best way to put it as a comedian. It's like <laughs> if you still like me. <laughs> after our ups and downs if you don't I understand completely <laughs> hopefully you'll like me again <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do want to thank you for being on the show and hey, it was a great time thank you for having me of course and everybody enjoy your day <laughs>